shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them, and from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Eleven years ago, I attended a Holy Land pilgrimage, and one day we rode up to the top of Mount Tabor, the site of the transfiguration of the Lord. On top of that mountain is a beautiful church, although another group was in there celebrating Mass, so we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the church. We planned a prayer service that we did in the ruins of the old Crusader Chapel. And when I say ruins, all that was left was basically the foundation and maybe a foot or two sticking out of the ground. So the advantage of that, we were outside, able to take in that beautiful view. The valleys down below, the cultivated land, it truly was a religious experience. And it's understandable why Jesus took his disciples up that mountain to be transfigured before them. But before we get into that, maybe it's important to put this in context of Matthew's gospel. So this occurs immediately following Jesus' first prediction of his upcoming passion and death. And then famously, Peter responded to that by saying, Surely it should not happen to you, Lord. And Jesus' response, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking as men do, not as God does. So all the disciples were trying to process, What does he mean when he says that he is going to Jerusalem to be, to be arrested and to be killed? and on the third day raised. So there was a lot of doubt in their hearts when this transfiguration occurred. So Jesus picks three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. They climb to the top of Mount Tabor, 
and he is then transfigured before them. Now in our first reading, we hear some similarities, don't we? How the ancient one's clothing was bright as snow and the hair is on his head as white as wool. In this transfiguration, Jesus, Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Now the disciples would have known about this story in the book of Daniel. They would have been taught it in the synagogues and so I'm sure that sprung to their mind as they looked on to see Jesus being transfigured before them, how similar it was between that and what they heard of in Daniel's account. And then, of course, two people joined them on that mountain, Moses and Elijah. Moses, of course, is the one that brought God's law to his chosen people, the image of him coming down the mountain with the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. And of course, Elijah representing the prophets and how this prophet, the, the prophecy that he continued to proclaim to the people was now being ready to be fulfilled. They talked to Jesus about that very upcoming passion and death. Because it is in that work that Jesus fulfills the law and that he is that suffering servant we hear about in, in the Old Testament. So in Jesus, both the prophets, prophets and the law is being fulfilled. But then we hear a voice, a voice coming from the heavens. And the voice says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is very similar to what the voice said when Jesus was first baptized by John in the Jordan. But this time there is an addition to what was said at his baptism. Listen to him. As we said before, the disciples heard what Jesus said, but they did not want to embrace the truth that the Christ had to suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. That is his purpose, is coming into our world. God the Father is telling, listen to my son, listen to what he says, because this has to happen. God is trying to assure the apostles all is going according to plan. Just follow my son and listen to him. But I think Jesus also wanted to teach more than what we've already heard through his transfiguration. He wanted to teach them that his work on this earth would give them more than any earthly happiness, more than any political independence, and more than any material prosperity. The Lord was wanting to teach them that he will come in his glory through his suffering and death, 
in order to bring them true happiness, because that happiness is based on him winning the human family freedom from sin and death and the grace of everlasting life. The Transfiguration it taught those disciples that day, but it also teaches us, his modern-day disciples, to share in Christ's glory, to share in the gift of eternal life means we also have to share in his cross. We have to follow him to the hill of Calvary, giving up everything, including our very lives. It is through that gift of self that our Savior won for us the gift of everlasting life. And one last thing to say about this comes from St. Thomas Aquinas, who observed that at the Transfiguration, the whole Trinity was there. The Father in the voice, the Son in the man who was transfigured, and the Holy Spirit in the shining cloud. Time and time again, Moses went into the meeting tent, and a cloud descended upon the tent, indicating that God's presence was there. Just in the same way as the Holy Spirit came in the form of a cloud on that mountain, during the transfiguration, showing that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was truly present in the glorification of Jesus. And so, my dear friends, we encounter that same Lord who was transfigured before his disciples. We will actually see him in a few moments, not with dazzling white clothes, but in the form of a host. Not with his face shining as bright as the sun, but in the form of wine that has now become his precious blood. That same Savior who was transfigured to bolster the faith of his disciples that day will, be, will change these gifts of bread and wine into his very self, to bolster our faith. God tells us, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That is the same words that he tells us this day. Let us listen to him, follow him, for in doing so we gain the gift of eternal life.